Good morning. Today I'm going to be preaching from Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10. We're going to be talking about the breath of God. I think sometimes we forget the power that is in the breath of God. So I'm going to read um, Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10. As I'm reading, I'm going to ask you to repeat a few phrases with me, some powerful phrases, and of course, as we move along, we'll talk about that. So this is the Valley of Dry Bones. If I had to title my sermon, it would be Revival of Death, which you should get excited about just by hearing that title. The land of the, the hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. Say, full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, and the bones were very dry. Say, very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Sovereign Lord, only you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. Say, you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Say, you will come to life. Then you will know that I am Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together. Say, bones came together. Bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them say no breath then he said to me prophesy to the breath prophesy son of man and say to it this is what the sovereign lord says come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live say that they may live so i prophesied as he commanded and breath entered them and they came to life Say they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. All right, so what we're looking at here is a vision that God gave to Ezekiel. So, but what I'm going to share is a vision that God gave me through the passage. God was speaking to Ezekiel about some things going on, about the people of Israel and, and all of that. But God spoke to my heart uh, and so I could take away something from it and share it with you. As Ezekiel's vision begins, it says that he is in the middle of a valley. And lots of times when we're in the middle of a valley, we think that we're by ourselves. But the very beginning of the verse says that the hand of God was on me. So even though he was in the middle of the valley, in the middle of dry bones, in the middle of death surrounding him, the word says 
his hand was on me. So even though so many times we think that we're in the middle of the valley and God has forsaken us and we don't know what he's doing and we've cried out and we can't get an answer, the word says that the hand was on me. His hand can still be up on you even in the middle of the valley. So much so that we like the mountaintop, right? We like to think of the mountaintop because if you think of the mountaintop, you think that you've made a climb. You've, uh, you've made a destination and you're on top. And when you're on top of a mountain, I don't know how, how far up you've ever been, but when you're really high up, you can see everything around you and your vision is clear. You're able to see out. We like the mountaintop. But the word says that Ezekiel was in the valley. And lots of times we don't like to be in the valley. We don't think about being in the dry, desolate valley because then you feel like you're stuck, right? There's not a lot of sun in the valley many times. And many times when you're in the valley, it's like you've got to make a climb to the top and the, the climb can be rough. The terrain can be hard. And so we don't like to think about being in the valley. But I came to tell you today that sometimes when you're in the valley, that's when God shows you the stuff that you really need to know the valley is the real deal the valley is when you're facing the enemy that God's glory shines let me tell you a little bit about the valley in uh, 2019 I know most of you know I've shared this before and I've shared it with my my youth I was diagnosed with breast cancer and for a year I was so sick I was in such turmoil I was in my valley and uh, and you want to think about people caring about you well let me tell you something if you want to find out the people who really care about you and who really love you the most then you be able to offer them nothing and those are the people that are still there with you right you cannot offer anything in return but they're still there standing beside you. I've said it before, my husband was there day in and day out and he took good care of me. I was so sick so many nights that I couldn't even make it up the steps and he would push me up the steps. He was there all of the way and before that time in my life we had been together many, many years and I thought that my husband loved me. I thought that I knew how much he loved me. We were were a happy couple but let me tell you now, it wasn't until that we were in the valley that I found out the true love that this man has for me, right? It was the valley that strengthened our relationship. So many times we don't like to be in the valley but it's in the valley valley where God can shine down and show you how he loves and cares for you right in the valley is when his glory can be revealed and so Ezekiel was in the valley amongst thousands of dry bones and he's standing in the midst of them not one not two but thousands and the word says it was full of them and the word says that he took him and he he walked up and down and all we could see was death all around and at one time the bones had been alive Uh, at one time they had been fulfilled right they were alive and vibrant but at this time now all that was there was just dry bones indicating death no movement no life they were simply dead and the bones seem to go on and on in the same way sometimes we find ourselves in a place or in a circumstance of death or darkness in our lives and sometimes it seems to continue and there's just no end in sight sometimes it might start with a job loss 
and then we've got marital issues and then we got depression and then it leads to addiction or it can begin with a sickness and then you've got a loss of self-worth and then you uh, you lose your purpose and something that was once alive and once was vibrant and walking around and full of life has just now seemed like it's dead it's lifeless and it's just dry bones there's nothing there right and so so many times the thing about death is that it's it's hard because it's permanent there's not a whole lot of things that we can do about dead stuff if it's dead it's dead and there's nothing you can do about it but I'll tell you what many times after something dies man it begins to stink something fierce I mean, it just, it, an awful smell will come about. I don't know if you've ever smelled something that's been dead for a while, but it is awful, right? So we went on a vacation one year, and we went out of, uh, we went out of town, and we came back, and uh, we're all going into the house carrying our luggage in and everything and man we we were at the garage door and you just opened that door just a just a crack and oh there was a stench coming from there I mean we walked in and we were like oh my goodness and you know the smell of death something all of it something has died in this place we knew the smell of death. There was a stench. And so what had happened, a mouse, we looked all around and we couldn't figure out. So a mouse had gotten in between our dishwasher and the cabinet and had gotten up there and, and died. It couldn't get out. It had died. And, man, this little thing, it caused a whole big bunch of stench. It smelled horrible. And that's what happens when something dies. It begins to fester and it begins to stink. But let me tell you, of course, we, we took the mouse out. But if you don't, if you let something that's dead sit there long enough, it begins to deteriorate. And then it just becomes bones. And there's no stench. And there's no evidence of it except for dry bones. Now, that happens over time. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens over time. And after a while, it decays. And then you can almost ignore it. It's like if you've ever been somewhere that really, really stinks, and after you're there for a little while, you just become numb to it, and then you just stink too. That's what happens. But I'll tell you, we let things die in our prayer lives. A circumstance happens. A trial comes our way. We immediately begin to pray about it. God, I need you to touch this situation. God, I need you to move. A week or two goes by. Maybe it doesn't get better. We're still praying. We're still seeking God after it. We're still on our knees. And then, so something dies, a situation. It begins to even get worse. Something that we've been praying for. It gets even worse than it was in the first place. So that's the stink. Something is dead, and the stink comes up, and man, it's bad. We're really praying now. Like, God, you've, you've got to move. You've got to take care of this. I can't, I can't do this on my own. I can't take care of this situation on my own. I need you. I need you to intervene. We're asking other people to pray. That's what we do, right? That's what we do. We get on the prayer chain, and we, we're like, this is kind of, God, we need your prayers. God, we need to sit on, to, to sit on the throne of God and, and just at his feet and for him to hear us. But then a week or two may go by, months, years, 
and it begins to rot. We've become numb to it. We've prayed so long that we've stopped praying because we've just accepted that that's how it is. Now, maybe you've not done that, so good for you, but I have. We just begin to accept some of the things. I'll accept my depression. I've lived with it long enough. I'll accept this abusive relationship. I'll accept my financial issues. I'll accept that maybe my kids won't know Christ. We get tired of praying. We're human. But Ezekiel looked around, and those bones were dead. They were dry. They, didn't, they, they had been there a while. It takes a while for bones to become dry. No life, much like some of the circumstances in our lives, that we've chosen to accept or that just won't change. I've, I've prayed so many times for a healing, it hasn't come. A lost loved one, financial hardship, finding the love of your life, freedom from addiction or depression, your children are struggling, dead hopes, dreams, relationships, whatever it is, we've just kind of lost hope. And so surrounded by death in the valley, God asked Ezekiel, can these bones, live. And man, Ezekiel, <laughs> he's a smart fella. Because like, we know the end of the story, right? So lots of times, like we read the Bible, and we look at the people in the Bible, and we're like, yeah, I mean, he, it's God. Yes, the bones can live. Like, say yes, Ezekiel. Ezekiel should be like, yeah, they, they can live. You're God. You can do anything, right? So we look at him, and we're like, this is what you should say. But we're in the, like, he's in the middle of the circumstance. Lots of times we want to we look from afar. Like, we want to look from a distance and be like, oh, you should be answering that way. Oh, you should be doing what God wants you to do this way. We want to look from a distance and tell everybody else what they should be doing about their circumstance, right? It's none of your business. You just need to talk to God about it, okay? That's a side note. I'm just letting you know about that. Can these bones live? And he, he's probably thinking. I mean, let's, let's talk about it. Like, he's a man, and he's standing in the midst of a valley of dry bones. And he's probably thinking, uh, no. Like, do you see the bones? Like, no. This is all death. And if he's not thinking that, well, good for him. But, I mean, I'm thinking. <laughs> he could be thinking that, right? But he's so smart, he gives a very safe answer. God says to him, can these bones live? And he says, Lord, only you know. You're the only one that knows that. He's kind of getting out of it like, well, you, you know, Lord. Like, you know, God, if these bones can live or not. But now God gets Ezekiel involved in the recovery plan. He instructs him to prophesy to these bones. He says, tell them to hear the word of the Lord. If we want to experience the resurrection of dead things in our lives. If we want to experience the restoration of health and finances and joy and peace and hope 
If we want to experience our children running to the altars to pray and our loved ones running to the altars to pray, if we want to experience that this whole community knows that this church is on fire for God, if we want to experience a healing in our body from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet, if we want to experience a healing in our minds that we would have peace again, a healing in our minds that we would have joy again, if you want to experience freedom from addiction in your life if you want to experience a healing like no other then you have to speak the word of God you have to act you cannot be a bystander see he told Ezekiel he said speak life these are the things that this is what I want you to do he didn't ask him to go jump through a hoop he didn't ask him to turn flips all he said was I want you to speak these words and I'm telling you what sometimes uh, God asks us to do things and we don't want to do them because they can be hard. But he just asked him to simply speak life to the bones. That's all he asked him to do, right? And um, this is this is what he said. He he said you're you're not going to just stand there. You're going to have an assignment. So if you want to change in the resurrection, you have to speak the words to the situation. You have to speak the words that line up with the word of God. So we say all the time that if someone says to you or our child or whatever that they're stupid or not worth anything then that's what they'll be start to believe after a while, right? Or that you're not going to amount to anything. We've, we've seen it all the time. Trauma that people go through and families go through and, and, and kids that they've been spoken just a negative word to all their lives. And if you're spoken something long enough, then you begin to believe it. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I would like to just flip the script just a little bit. I don't want to speak the negativity. I want to speak life. I want to speak life to the situation. I want to say, God, I will be healed in your name and I'm going to say God I'm trusting you through this situation and I'm going to say God I will be financially free and I'm going to say God you're going to break the chains of addiction on my loved ones and I'm going to say God I will be joyful God I will not be depressed God I know that you have authority over my mind and I know the enemy does not God I'm going to leave it at the door and I'm going to focus on you I'm going to speak life God I'm going to speak life because that's what you have ordained me to do I will not believe the lie of the devil I will not believe the lie of the enemy. I will not believe that I'm not here in this appointed time, in this purpose, because you have put me here, God. We have to speak life, right? I will be healed. In 2013, pastor spoke a series of sermons about speaking life and truth into situations and circumstances. And man, it just really touched my heart. Clearly, we're, you know, several years later into it. And I, and I, and I remember it. He spoke that series that summer. In August um, of that year, Thad and I went on vacation by ourselves, and we would get up in the morning, and we were at the beach, and we would walk along the beach in the morning, and then we would come back, and then we would walk, walk along the beach after lunch, and we'd come back, and we'd walk along the beach at night, and we'd come back. And so that's a miracle in itself because I don't do that much walking now. But anyway, so, <laughs> so that was several years ago. But, man, we, we walked along the beach. But the reason why we were doing that every single day is that he had been speaking about speaking life and truth into things and there were some things going on in our lives so Jake was 17 and Grace was 12 and Aaron Beth was 4 years old and every time we walked we prayed and we just began to speak the words of life over my children we began to speak the words of life over every circumstance and we were walking up and down that beach and I'll tell you what I was telling the first service 
today, Janelle sat right there. I said, Janelle, I mean, you have been prayed for for a long time, my, my son's uh, wife. And I said, and you didn't even know it. I've been praying for you for a long time, and you had no idea. And my daughters and my Aaron Beth was four years old, and I was, I was praying for her husband, right? Because I was speaking life and truth into my children's lives and into my family's lives. And I still speak every night when I go to bed, and I'm praying. I'm still speaking truth. I'm still speaking healing. I'm still speaking abundance, and I'm speaking joy, and I'm speaking the will of God. God, you are above all things, and I will speak truth. And so when Ezekiel prophesied like he was told, when he obeyed God, God told him to speak the word, and he spoke it. And so when he prophesied just like he was told and he obeyed God, it said that the bones began to rattle. The bones began to rattle. There was no breath amongst the bones. It was dry, and it was desolate, and there may have been, uh, there was just, just dry, and I'm telling you today, some of us are in a place where there just not is a lot of hope. There's just not a lot of hope in the situation. It just seems dead. It's been dry. It's already rotted, and we've just put it to the side because we're tired of praying about it, and we just think, okay, we're just going to live with it being this way. That's not the way God wants us to live. He told Ezekiel to speak life into it, and when Ezekiel prophesied and he spoke the words that God would have him speak, the bones began to come together, but I'll tell you what happened. When they come together, they, they began to look alive, but it said that they were not. They were not yet. Some things can seem alive and well on the outside, but they're still dead and hurting on the inside. They begin to come together, and lots of times you think, okay, God, you're beginning to move. You're beginning to move, but it won't come to life. It won't come to life. You won't have victory until God breathes the breath of life up on it, because the word said once he breathed, the bones were made whole, and they became a vast army. Flesh began to appear, and they became a vast army to serve the God we serve. It's not until the Spirit of God breathed life upon the bones that they become alive. There's nothing that Ezekiel could have done to make those bones come alive. It was something supernatural. It was God. And man, we, there's sometimes there are just circumstances and things that are just out of our control. I hate that. As a pastor, I shouldn't admit, but I hate it, man. I like to be in control. If you know my family, I'm a control girl. Like, I like to have everything lined up. Like, I like control. Some things are just not, it's just out of our control. When I was in college and, and I was dumb, you know, and I wasn't in the will of God and mom would talk to me about church and God and, and, I, and I knew truth, right? I knew truth. I just wasn't doing it. And there's nothing that my mama, I mean, there's nothing that my mama could have said to change my mind. I was young and independent woman. Some things you just can't do anything about. But I'll tell you what my mama did do. My mama prayed for me. And I know that my mama spoke life over my life. And something that was dead and desolate and needed a savior became vibrant and alive again. Because the breath of life was breathed over my life because my mama prayed. Because my mama prayed. 
and my mom prayed for my dad to be saved for over 30 years. That's a long time to pray for something. And I'm sure that there are things in your life that you've just prayed on and prayed on. You've come to the altar. You've requested prayer. You've come to the altar. There's just things that you've prayed on numerous times. And you're like, God, I need you to answer in this. Don't give up. Walk in the truth. Speak life. It doesn't matter if it's been two weeks, two years, 20 years. Speak life. Call it forth like it is. We walked up and down that sand. And it might not have been so at the time. All three of my children will serve you, God. All three of them will be in your will. All three of them will find spouses, God, that will make an equal yoke. All three of them will work in abundance for you. All three of them will experience joy. All three of them will experience peace. All three of them will experience a, a mental fullness and a joy and understanding. All three of them, God, will know you. Truth. Even if it's not at this moment. Speak life and speak truth. There are things that we don't have control over, but he does. He's a mighty God. In many times, many cases, many things, the only revitalization, the only awakening, the only healing is going to come through the breath of God and speaking life. And Pastor Jason had shared end of service that, and I, and I was thinking about this, that a plant many times, so we would go on vacation and I would have flowers and maybe they get, went and get watered for a day or so and, and, and they're alive, but then they begin to wilt just a little bit because they're not getting what they need. But then as soon as I come back off vacation and I begin to water them and, and put them back out, then they begin to liven back up again. Don't let things die in your life that are already alive. Like right now, we're talking about speaking life to the dead things. Well, don't let the things that are already vibrant in your life, don't let them die. Continue to water, continue to nurture, continue to soil. My mom had prayed all those years, all those years, but she never gave up. If she had stopped sowing the seed, I don't know. She never gave up. you got to keep nurturing and keep watering.